Hey, everything be like off the top these days. Hello and welcome back, everybody, to the OTT Podcast, where everything is always off the top. I'm your co-host, John Barlos, and joining me, as always, my good friend, Namaya Kumar. Namaya, we have a very special edition of this podcast episode today, because today, <laughs> today is Travis Scott Day. And what better way to ring in Travis Scott's new meal from McDonald's than buying one yourself and reviewing it on the air? Reviewing it On the podcast. You, on the podcast. Hear it off the top. We bring you quality content. I went out, we were about to start recording (laughs) and I left the recording to go to McDonald's and pick up the meal so that I could try it live on the air. Um, (laughs) This is a, this segment's brought to you by, I I had to go to McDonald's for this. This segment's brought to you by Cactus Jack and we appreciate any, any love and support that we've gotten in the recent weeks. The Mai is going to try this burger live for people and say if it's, living up to the hype or not. So, Namai, without further ado, t- tell us what you see just from the packaging. Is there, is there anything different? All right, all right. I'll make this, a, very, uh, I'll make this a narrative experience, okay? I'm gonna, please, I'm gonna please do. The people need to know what they have to do scene. in order to get this Travis Scott burger. All right, so basically, you can go to your local McDonald's. You pull up to the drive-thru during COVID times. That's the safest move. All right, 100% All you have agree. to say is, I would like the Travis Scott now that's all you have to say they ask you what drink you want that's a trick question okay the advertisement says it all you're supposed <laughs> to get a sprite with ice okay so that's what i did got my sprite with ice i love right it here, right here you can you can you put it up to the mic real quick so people can hear you all right i heard it what, what an experience delicious. so far it's like refreshing i feel like i bet the you the travis sprite got sprite comes from mcdonald's i don't know they must get there's from a different Sprite factory than the rest of the Sprites are made because it's always way better. You could always say that about the Coke there too. I feel like, wasn't there like, we talked about There's this. Soda I feel. just in general better. Just like I'm not even level. a big fan of McDonald's, but I had to do this for the podcast. Same. You know what? I even so, already ate lunch, but. What we got on the box here? What we, Is there any different right. sort of design? They don't have any different design on the box. I'm kind of disappointed about that, but. You know what? They said that there's more to come, so maybe we can expect that in the near future. I'm Let's hoping hope. that they drop the nine the nine hundred two one zero Atkin figure and the kids' Ooh. meals. I'm about to buy thirty of them. That would be amazing. You see that robot chicken ad he had for it too today? Yeah, yeah, it was that really was good. so awesome. I I enjoyed that. Wait, did you get barbecue sauce on the side too? Yeah, it comes with the meal actually. Oh. So like they just give you barbecue sauce regardless, and you get fries. The classic. Love it, classic fries. I figured they were gonna like do something different with the fries, but I guess not. All right, barbecue sauce on the fry. Obviously, tangy mm, experience. Delicious, mm, tangy barbecue sauce. Absolutely scrumptious. On a scale of one Nothing to ten, how to say about it here? Nothing bad to say so far. On a right? scale of one to ten, how palatable is the French fry barbecue sauce combo right now? No, oh, the French fry. I, I'm I'm telling you right now, I don't usually get barbecue sauce when I go to McDonald's, and I might have to change that. Okay. That's tangy BBQ for people that don't know. That's tangy. Absolutely. You gotta get that fake. immaculate flavor. You gotta I can get like really that. Taste the the seasoning. <laughs> you gotta I get that stank the... face. That stank <laughs> face when you're listening to a really good beat. You're like, oh shit, okay. Ooh, ooh, ooh yeah. that's tangy. That's, that's tangy. That's tangy. Mm, <laughs> We're having yeah. fun today. This kind of lost awesome. your job a little bit with the tang. Mm, love to see it. I'm dead. All right, now on to the main event. The main right. course, of course. Burger. 
right. main course, of course. Right now, McDonald's has gotten a lot of criticism for how their food doesn't look the same in real life as when you look at it uh, once you've gotten it. Uh, or sorry, it doesn't look the same in real life as it does in the commercials. In the commercials. I'm telling you now, this bun looks absolutely perfect. Wow. Wait. Sprinkle to the brim with sesame seeds. All right. You got to get really descriptive um, for this. Like, this is some ASMR yeah, no, type we're shit. We're looking at a good amount of lettuce. So I'm thinking probably a pinch or two. Um, bacon, square cheese, patty. Two slices or one? Uh, one. Travis, if you're hearing this, your burger looks great, but does it taste great, Demai? That's what we're about to find out. Oh, For the shit. OTT listeners, I'm Ready? about to have McDonald's. Should I count you down? Please. All right. Three. Wait, get get, get a nice hold on it first. Three. Oh, yeah. I got to get a good grip on it. Got to get a good grip on it. Two. All right. We're good. One. Eat that motherfucker. Oh, first bite. Okay. Mm-hmm. Okay. I feel like we're I feel like we're food critics right now. Do you ever see like Sugar Rush before? I feel like I'm on that shit. Yeah. Wh- what is it, Gordon <laughs> Ramsay? <laughs> Yo, Bobby Flay, how's it taste? Bacon done to an absolutely perfect crisp. Wow. Gotta love it. I'm realizing now they doubled the layers of bacon. Oh. And the bacon hit the pickles. I'm an absolute fan of pickles. Hey, you know what you should do? You should put the barbecue sauce inside the burger. On the burger? See, Travi didn't say anything about that move. But honestly, like, they're giving me the barbecue they're, sauce with the burger. They gave you the like sauce. It's, it's, not, it's not sacrilege, okay? It's not, it's not bad to do that. No. It's okay, guys. Like, Travis Scott gave us the formula, but that doesn't mean we can't tweak it a little bit, all right? It's, it's a science experiment. It's a, it's a cultural... It's food, baby. It's food, baby. Do it's food, baby. Good. The thing is, right, he we're gives dipping. you. We're dipping. We're going in for bite number two. He gives you the sauce for free, though. Like any rapper that gives you any of their sauce for free, you're just automatically winning, regardless. Travis, you did great with this. From what I wish I had one with you. This looks, this looks like Absolutely it's the real deal. Delicious. Out of any McDonald's item that you usually get, what do you rate this, or what do you rank it amongst the other McDonald's menu items? Legitimately speaking, every time I go to McDonald's, I get, I literally just get like a McDouble. Yeah, literally same. <laughs> I feel like a lot of people don't really get like, I like crazy. Never, I never stray from the dollar menu. No one so ever this does. A, this was a big expense for me, guys. So <laughs> make sure you're running up those listens because we want to start getting that Spotify revenue. <laughs> <laughs> hey, once well, you chew your burger, get really close to the mic. A little ASMR taste test. <laughs> final rating final rating of the travis scott burger does it live up to the hype yes no right. maybe I'm so i'm gonna go with and i'm gonna go with a solid solid 9.3 and the only reason we're missing a 0.7 here is i feel like they could have done a little bit more different you know okay. i feel like we could have gotten some design changes but as a meal itself for six dollars i am not disappointed Delicious yeah, for six dollars, that's actually good. Decent fries, for sure. You know, yeah, it has bacon in it. Who doesn't Dub- like bacon? Double layer bacon. Yeah, with the pickles. Come on now. 
<laughs> I'm so happy that we OTT could bring this experience to, to you. Namaya, you know, I think that we're going to change our podcast. We're no longer going to talk about music. We're just going to buy fast food burgers. Why don't we just become like a YouTube channel where we just go out and we buy immense amounts of fast food and we try and eat it all within the time that we record the podcast? Because we'd be obese. That's okay. Most of America yeah. is anyway. We might as well just be along with them. <laughs> Join the crowd. <laughs> We do actually have some music for everyone today, believe it or not. We got a oh, lot. A, a lot. <laughs> yeah, it's such a surprise that our podcast is going to be talking about music. Travis Scott McDonald's Burger off the list. But guess what's back on the for probably the fourth week in a row? We're actually going to review Detroit 2. Full-length LP from Big Sean. Second mixtape slash it's more, it's obviously an album, of course, but it's stemming from the first Detroit mixtape he dropped back in 2010. It's an album sequel to a mixtape. That's pretty interesting, actually. I enjoyed that. It's 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 nice. It doesn't uh, sound like a sequel though. It really sounds like its own project. I really understand does. the the like the way that he feels that it's a derivative of the original Detroit. Um, just in terms of like stylistically, um, He's entering more of like a ly- lyrical uh, style than like more of his. Um, I feel like more of his album stuff is more either like turned up or like very mellow. Mm-hmm. But um, I think that w- in terms of like having all these features and stuff, like it, it's, it fits the aesthetic of the first Detroit as well. I think it also kind of plays into his last two albums as well. When you look at I Decided and you look at Double or Nothing with Metro in 16 and 17, it's basically a nice blend of both of those styles. I Decided it was a very introspective, mellow. You're still eating the burger, and I love to fucking see it. (laughs) (laughs) Ayo, cut it off a little bit for me, please. Send it through the mail. Send it through the mail. Please do. but Detroit 2, I think it's a nice blend between the both. You're good. Just chew. You're fine. People know you're eating it. We reviewed it. <laughs> I want to chew you're talking. That's rude. <laughs> this conversation has been brought to you by Cactus Jack and OTT. Um, hopefully, we don't get demonetized for saying that twice. Um, Big Sean, did you get the Travis Scott burger? Let us know in the comments down below. <laughs> you probably did because of Lithuania. Oh my a god! Highlight off of Detroit too, in my opinion. Absolutely, really absolutely. There's so many good songs off this, and like I was saying, the nice mix between the mellow and the turned up on this really kind of gives the album an identity of its own. And it's great to see, especially since Big Sean hasn't released anything in the better part of three years. And it's it's like almost this experience of kind of paying homage back to where he grew up and the picture outside of his church and. The album artwork is very pristine. It's very Big Sean-esque. He always likes those really faraway portraits of himself, uh, like the one on I Decided, where it's both him and his current self and his older self looking back on his current self, which to me is a great concept. Um, that thus why Big Sean, a bit of a narcissist. Oh, he, I know. He likes, he likes having himself on the album covers, <laughs> like finally famous. <laughs> you know what I mean? Most rappers do have themselves on the cover of their art. But regardless, yeah, no. um, the vibe of this entire track is – actually, not in track, sorry. This entire album is not only spectacular in the sense of how every song kind of weaves together and you get a little bit of Big Sean's discography back in 2013. You get a little bit of 2015 Big Sean, a little bit of 2017 Big Sean. And then we're introduced to this – full circle type Big Sean where he's kind of doing everything all at once at the same time. Uh, for example, everything that's missing, Guard Your Heart with Anderson Pock, Lithuania with Travis Scott, Full Circle with Key Wayne. These songs to me speak 
louder than words, and especially the ones that Big Sean is singing. The production on this is immaculate. It's all very smooth. Big Sean's crooning on most of these. He's actually singing on a couple of these songs. He's got his wife, Janae Ako, on this twice, I'm pretty yeah, sure. Um, I think he has he a feature in 2018. Does duet with Post Malone? True. Wolves was also another highlight. That'll, I mean, Posty knows how to make a hit, even though uh, he, he's kind of in poor taste with me right now just because I'm kind of getting a little bit more of the back end of not just, I don't know. I, I feel like Posty's not really I think much of my radar anymore. 2020 has been decent, though. Posty? Oh, that, of course. He's had a couple of good features this year. Yeah, no, I think I, I think that he's kind of starting to figure out his pocket a little bit more. I feel like, um, you know what's interesting, actually? Uh, his uh, album, Hollywood Bleeding, is mm-hmm. still on the Billboard Top 100. It's been a while. Yeah, I it's feel been like, like I haven't heard about that album forever. I think it came out last year. I know it won Best Rap Album at the AMAs, and it also was in nomination for um, for the Grammys too. I'm pretty sure for Best Rap Album. So yeah, but regardless, it's more, I think that, it's more of a I think pop it's interesting album, but... to see his growth because he's a very like he's not exactly a rapper. Mm-hmm. He's not exactly a singer. It's kind of in the middle. He, yeah, he fits in a weird part of the middle because like his genre blending is pretty unique in comparison to other people who would fit in the same gray area that he's in. Mm-hmm. I feel like he's more of like a blend between a pop star and a rock star. I feel like that is kind of where he sits in that middle ground, uh, just because pop stars nowadays are rappers in the same sense where Drake is essentially a pop star. Um, you can look at huge rappers like Travis Scott. You can kind of consider him a rock star or a pop star. Mini that's sort tangent. Of how- Mini I'm tangent. The, did you see the pop star music video? Yeah, of course. Justin Bieber was awesome. And the- <laughs> that was hilarious. I, I will. I, I we put a poll on our Instagram, and we asked you if you liked Drake better, acting or singing. And acting won. It was eighty-five fifteen wow. for the total votes. More people picked. I acting. feel like people and forget that he was an actor. He, I mean, he was in Degrassi his entire childhood, which is crazy. But every time Drake has an opportunity to act in one of his music videos, it's always really good. And he just has like a very good presence about him. Like you just want to hear what he roasting, says. His roasting Khaled. And the fact that Khaled put put that music Honey. video himself is like, it shows he that knows. he has some level of self awareness. You know, because sometimes when it comes to DJ Khaled, bro, I cannot tell whether he knows how like dumb and annoying he can sound sometimes, mm-hmm. or corny too. But he's DJ Khaled. Well, he does his thing. I can't. DJ Khaled. Favorite song off Detroit too. What is it for you? I got like the ten I added to my playlist. And favorite. Check out asking favorite song. Favorite song I think for you. that um, Guard Your Heart is up there for me. It's such a um, great song. Lithuania was fire. Number one in Lithuania um, right now. Yeah. Um, Harder Than My Demons, really good single. Wolves, that Post Malone verse really surprised me. Friday Night Cypher, 10-minute <laughs> song. I I saw, we talked about this on over text this weekend too, that... um. I saw on Twitter that a lot of people were giving Hit Boy shit for the beat. And I was like, the beat's fine. Like, it's just bar also, heavy. There's like, like a couple of beats on there. And yeah, there's like switches. Yeah, exactly. Hit Boy did, uh, I think, three out of them. And then I think there's two more. Hell of a. Are there five total switches? There are five switches? switches. I don't even know. Honestly, I, think there's I could like, be wrong. There's probably like three or four or five in that range. Regardless, long song. Every Detroit rapper you could think of is on this. Royce Define 9, Eminem, 42 Doug, Cash Doll. The list goes on and on. T Grizzly. Who's your favorite verse? 
Uh, Royce to five nine was probably my favorite. Big Sean actually held down too. What probably between Dude, those two? Cash Doll unexpectedly for me was super good on that song. I mean, not that I don't think she's a good rapper, but like I didn't know how she was gonna hold up in comparison to others. But I think she did really well. And also Cash Kid, I never heard of him before. Same. But I thought both the Cashes held their own in this. And yeah, Cash Doll, exactly. if you haven't listened to Ice Me Out by Cash Doll, please go listen to that. That's my favorite song from her. Ice Me Out. Yeah, Ice I listened to that based on your recommendation. I really liked I, it. Did you actually? Yeah, I did. Oh, friends, co-hosts, what else could you be? <laughs> Putting each other on. Um, another song that I really enjoyed from Detroit too is Feed. Um, Big Sean definitely leaned into a little bit more of a trap influence this time around, obviously from that Metro Boomin' Double or Nothing collab tape. I feel like he gets that sort of influence from. Um, most of these songs I felt were more trap infused, but also the R&B side of Big Sean where he's with Janae Co and Anderson Pac and kind of just flowing over the beat, speaking his truth. And the real cool thing about Big Sean that I appreciate is that it's more of like a spoken word poet than more so of a rapper. And the way he's mangling his words and really fitting them inside the intricacies of each production line, it's something to really take back and take a step away from and be like, oh, like this is, he's talented. Like Big Sean's been talented for such a long time and now he's really putting himself back into the shoes of, where he started Detroit too, in a sense, you know, kind of coming back full circle to it all. And he's out of the deal with good music and he's thinking about creating he's his own still, label. I think he's still on good music. I think, I think this was, I think he's going to start a subsidiary label from my oh, understanding. Really? I thought he was someone, done. Asked, someone asked on yeah. Twitter today, if he's still on good music, he said, yes. Oh, okay. okay. Um, yeah. But didn't he say after this album he's done or is it the next album that he's done? Maybe. Uh, well, regardless, Big Sean's planning on making a new album. Oh, he he's says, yep. on, uh doing his starting his own label. Yeah, he's been asking about people he should be on the lookout for. I, I, I found the tweet. Interesting. I don't know if Polo G's already signed to a label. Like, a, like I, I know he's signed to a major. I don't know if he's looking to sign to an artist label, but I think that he would fit really well in there. For some reason, I, I just with... feel like they have they would have a good chemistry. I think he's with Columbia for the label, but I'm not sure if he's if he's on an artist label by any chance. I just I found the Big Sean tweet. Uh, someone asked him, "Are you still signed with Good Music?" And Big Sean says, "Yep, I'm starting my own after this album. Though any artist you think you need, I need to sign. It's time!" Exclamation point. So, yeah, right. He's he's still signed. You can start a label while still being on Good. Okay. Well, honestly, with Kanye at the front, I wouldn't want to leave Good Music either. There's so many great artists there. I don't know though. Sometimes, like, it depends on the artist, right? Mm-hmm. I feel like the good music really mishandled uh, designer's career. Oh, very, very much so. Designer just got really boring really I mean, fast. And Sci High's career too. Mm-hmm. Well, Sci the Prince really hasn't like fell off in a sense where he's still in- included in the music industry. I mean, you saw how that all yeah. unfolded with Travis Scott. You know, he's writing songs for Travis's album, and you reference tracks for Drake and yada yada yada. So, I mean, his career hasn't necessarily been the most star. Not making money. I'm just saying, yeah. as a, like, in terms of, like, as like a rapper himself. Um, I just think that it's not coming anytime soon. I don't know if that's due to label issues or if it's his own prerogative, but, I mean, I, would, I just like hearing the dude rap. <laughs> <laughs> One of my favorite lines from Detroit, too, is when Big Sean is, how am I going to act like I'm cool with Pusha and Drake? 
And it just hit me that push is also on good. He's like the executive manager of good and big Sean's done collaborations with Drake in the past. And they obviously seem cool with it. Um, there's a lot of lines like this in Detroit too, where it kind of makes me think about big Sean's come up and how he thinks about going about certain things in his life. And he does a really great job of storytelling. And this is the one thing that if you're looking for really conscious rap, really social commentary, hip hop, if you're looking at something for a little bit more layered than your average typical trap sound, Big Sean's one of those guys that are going to deliver for you. And I think Detroit too, he really did. I think he's expected to sell 110K first week, which is very good. This is highly above the average, of course. Outselling some people, some rainbow-haired people who dropped this week. He also not be named, will not be named in this, but all I will say is that he's projected to sell 40K and I hope his career falls off the rails after he's done. I just, I'm done. I, I, he's just such a, he's a poop stain on the culture. He really is. Uh, I think an interesting point to make um, would be that I think we've discussed album length a lot, um, like in several of our episodes, but uh, usually we, at least our overall consensus is that like 14 to 16 tracks is like the sweet spot. Mm -hmm. Um, I think that I mean this this album's 21 tracks uh three of which are skits yep. so you're looking at 18 actual songs which is not bad Detroit, I'll take Detroit, it uh, or sorry Friday Night Cypher is like three songs in one hmm. um so I mean the numbers are all skewed there but for a longer album this album's able to keep you engaged the entire time uh just in yeah. terms of variance of sound um obviously you're getting a a ton of different voices on here. The three skits are done by uh, Dave Chappelle, Eric Badu, and um, Stevie Wonder. Stevie Wonder. So, like, you're getting some legit people. Like, you got a lot of really cool voices all over this thing. It plays out more like a movie than an album because you just are waiting for the next cool, like, scene or little, like, sequence of sounds. Gonna... And... Exactly, yeah. So I think that the the collaborative aspect really worked in his in his favor, and allowed for this album to not get boring despite its length. Yeah, and the good thing about the length is though, although it's eighteen, nineteen new tracks, uh, two of these which were singles. I think Big Sean previewed Don Life with Lil Wayne. Uh, I think that music video came out sometime last week. Uh, then Deep Reverence and Harder Than My Demons were both the singles that come off this. Um, most of these tracks are like two minutes and 35 seconds, 40 seconds, 45 seconds, like in that range. It doesn't really go over three minutes most of the time. So you can play these tracks over and over and over and it'll still have the same snap to it. It's not too long. It's not too short. I think it's really hit a perfect sweet spot with how each song sort of, like I said, weaves into one another. And it's, it's like a movie of sorts, like you said. And you're listening to it. It's it's not only an auditory experience, but a visual experience as well. Like if you close your eyes hard enough, you can really like visualize what Big Sean's talking about. And that some of the topics and the themes on this are more heavy-handed than most. Yes, there is braggadocio, like we usually see in hip hop music, but there's also a lot of introspective self-doubt Big Sean goes through. There's a lot of talk about suicidal thoughts on this album kind of how he and Janae and Iko's relationship shaped how he is today there's a lot of I guess deep discussion within himself in this and insightfulness to me in rap music is the one thing that kind of wins over any sort of listener especially when picking out talented artists like Big Sean of course um to me this album um I'm trying to think if I like this one better than I decided it's definitely in my one of my favorite albums of the year for sure it's 100% going to be at my top 20 end of the year list of albums. 
I just got, I just got us to decide if it's better than I decided, because I, I feel like we're still trying to let it marinate. I feel like you and I yeah, totally. discussed it. We're like, we're going to let this marinate. Cause we originally were going to talk about our favorite albums today, but we decided not, nah, we're going to wait. We're going to make sure that big Sean's our favorite before. I'm going to say it now off the rip, like in terms of first, first listens, this is probably the best reaction I've had to an album, like from the jump. Mm-hmm. Um, just between the the lyrical themes, the different sounds that we get, the production quality, the features, the diversity, I think that there's really the storytelling. Like, there's no aspect of rap that isn't accounted for in this album, and I think that that's one of the that's one of the reasons why I can't stop listening to all of these different tracks. I'm surprised Nas wasn't on this. I figured Nas would have a feature on this. I figured because it seemed like they had like a real personal studio session for the Mm -hmm. song that appeared on Nas's uh, latest album, King's Disease. True. So I did see, I did see that Big Sean and J. Cole had a song together that was supposed to go on this. So I'm thinking maybe him and Nas. Yeah. Oh shit. Maybe who knows? Wait, will we get a pop smoke style deluxe with like 33 songs? 40. No, no, no. Pop Smokes if they're is all like, this good, like I, I wouldn't shit. even be mad. I mean, would you were you mad about Pop Smokes Deluxe? Because I wasn't. All those songs no. are great. No, exactly. Those songs That's what I'm I wasn't mad about that either. Mm-mm. Just because Big Sean hasn't dropped in so long, like I'm okay with him dropping this long of a tape and just kind of running it too. And I think Detroit Two is also headed for a number one album debut, which is I'm pretty sure it's Big Sean's third. Um, because Dark Sky was one. I think I decided was at one too, but I could be wrong. It's either I decided or double or nothing. I don't remember, but he's on his way for his third number one, which is crazy. So obviously the fans like it. It's very received by hip hop listeners all over the world. And Big it's Sean's crazy because I top. feel like prior to this, the release of this album, I saw a lot of Big Slant, Big Sean slander. How dare them? How dare those people? But I think that people don't really give him credit for being as good of a rapper as he is and having his own sound, sounding super original. And being super versatile, despite like his voice is relatively monotone, but he still manages to make diverse music. He's a wordsmith. That's kind of where his strength lies. I think when you fall in lo- like for example, Kendrick Lamar. Kendrick Lamar doesn't really have the most appealing voice in the entire world, but the really one thing that pulls you in is his creativity, his artistry, his his lyricism, the way he's able to bend and shape and meld words together. Um, near rhymes, rhyme schemes, all that different sort of saucy stuff that we like to see from our favorite rappers. I think Big Sean is sort of in that same lane. Not not to say that Kendrick Lamar isn't far and away, you know, a rap goat for a reason. He's on a lot of people's top 25 best rappers of all time. Um, but I think Big Sean could possibly head in that direction. I've been saying that for the past two weeks now that I think he's going to be going for his hip-hop legacy. I think he's going to be going for that legendary status. And I think Detroit, too, really cemented him as one of the forerunners uh, for that position maybe in the next five, ten years when his career is all said and done, looking back upon it now. Yeah, I could see him really maturing in a, in almost like a like a Juicy J type sense mm-hmm. of becoming more like a mentor to younger uh, younger artists. That and being he's said, so nice. Though, that like, being said, uh, Juicy J is in some hot water with the fans as of today. I don't know if you heard uh, that 3-6 Mafia is suing Suicide Boys. Oh, really? Sample stealing, which is so weird because Juicy J dropped a mixtape with them like uh, maybe a year or two ago. Hmm. 
But yeah. Another sample. I mean, what's your take on people stealing samples like that? Because, I mean, obviously you got to get clearance for it before it can even be put into the song. And I guess having the other artist blessing before is also very important. But Yeah, of course. I think that there's, le- there's definitely le- layers to it. I think that the sample clearance process is is definitely a very complicated one that I don't personally know that much about. Um, I think that, but I just feel like there's a lot of bureaucracy there, um, more more than there should be when when we're talking about making art. Yeah. Um, yeah, that, that's kind of my take on it. That the the less the less legislature and bureaucracy is involved in people. <laughs> trying to release me good music the better hey politics and everything when you really think about it there really is um i agree with you i, I think let the artist speak for itself but like you said there's also layers to it i mean yeah like, th- there's a certain level of respect that needs to be there mm-hmm. but nothing that i've seen from suicide boys has ever breached uh yeah. like three six or juicy jay's um respect i i just i don't understand where this is coming from do you think like, I they're guess literally friends like they have pictures <laughs> together and everything? It's not even like it was some like rapper friend stuff like where they just FaceTime twice and then drop a song together. Like I they like they seem like they were actually buddies. It, it seemed like it too. The one thing for me, I guess, with this whole I uh, sample stealing case, if you will, um, any amateur beat maker could go on YouTube and steal your song and make it a hit. And like, let's take let's take just some random producer or whatever. Like, let's say I make a beat and I use like a sample from YouTube that I found and pops off, which which never will happen. I'm not even that good. Um, but let's say that does happen, and I, let's say I take a Juicy J sample and it has like a million views on YouTube. Do you think that matters when someone uses that sort of sample just to kind of have a fun beat, post it for others to see, not really thinking about you know the legitimacy of it, not really thinking about that sort of clearance being able to be done with that sort of amateur producer. Um, do you think it only applies to artists that are cemented in the industry? Those who have those tools, those, those communication channels with other artists, labels, execs, like where, where do you draw the line is where I'm, where I'm asking, like uh, how to, bad to, to do an you extent, think it is? You have to, you have to, th- there has to be a line, right? Like you can't yeah. just say, Oh, I only have, I only get a thousand plays on YouTube so I can use any sample I want true right i mean that's also assuming that you're never going to get big which i feel like no one makes music assuming i mean people make music assuming they're never going to get big but no one would be mad about getting big absolutely um i think that it just gets really rough when you have to talk about paperwork and and legislature when people are trying to make music you know what i mean (laughs) yeah Uh, i just there's no clear way to put it because it just inevitably becomes muddled with a bunch of bu- bullshit pretty much i agree with you that that you pretty much just kind of summed up what my thoughts i just were. I, i'm just kind of disappointed to see three six mafia giving into that whole system when yeah. they, it seems like they could they should have been able to have a a conversation with suicide boys about it and figure it out internally rather than making this a super public situation that mm-hmm. now hurts both parties yeah well we've seen this so many times in music for example we can go back to the juice world yellow card lawsuit where yellow card thought that Juice stole the sample to their song to create lucid dreams lucid dreams as we all know was probably one of the most commercially success songs of the last few years uh put juice on the map and these sorts of situations i guess that are in the limelight can kind of help or hurt an artist in a way most 
definitely hurt their reputation just because you didn't clear a sample on time that kind of just looks bad on you for the industry. But as a fan, I personally don't care because music is creative and it's collaborative and it's art in its own right. So if I'm a producer that doesn't think I'm going to make it big as an amateur and I really like this sample from a Kanye song and I'm going to be like, oh, I'm going to go take the sample from Kanye's song, manipulate it, like tone it down a little bit, add a couple of, you know, sounds in there, whatever, and make it my own sort of spin on it. But the sample is still there. And I post it on YouTube, I get like a thousand plays, whatever. But if you did that as an artist signed to a label with contracts and money involved, I could see where the discrepancy gets involved right there. Yeah, of course. I mean, also at that point, at that level, there's so many people paying so much attention that inevitably, if there's any level of similarity to someone else's song, um, it's going to be found and it's going to be it's going to be talked about if not something done about it i.e six nines punani just completely ripping off jay john i just i have nothing to say about that guy <laughs> i hate six nine too <laughs> in other news bryson tiller is back there's there's been a lot of re-emergences this week we had SZA come back we had bryson tiller come back both with songs and videos but I'm going to start with Bryson because I'm the world's number one Bryson Tiller stan, and I've said that since episode one. Inhale, a song about sexual tension, of course, Bryson Tiller's go-to. The video paints himself in a room with melted clocks. It's very dark and dreary, cold, gloomy-type blue tint vibe. Then the mix between the red and the blue and the gray kind of alters itself into this sort of beat switch that we hear in inhale and Bryson Tiller's rapping on this too. It's great to hear his voice back on a track, a little bit more higher pitch than I would have expected to hear him, but still good enough. Auto tune was on pitch fit the, fit the song though. Yeah, exactly. Made it seem like a really long sample almost, but Mm -hmm. it was really good. I thought whatever, I I don't know what sample that was, but that beat went in. I thought that was a fantastic R and B beat. The drums hit hard. And the one thing that I'll give Bryson Tiller credit for is that he always makes sure his drums hit the hardest on anything. If you go back to True to Self, there's a lot of songs that are just really sample heavy and the drums kick out of nowhere and you're kind of blown away. For example, um, on True to Self, I could think of maybe three or four songs off the top of my head right now. Off the top, you said? Maybe. No, I'll just say In Check because that's my favorite song from the album. Gotta put me in check. And then the... You know, I'm talking about like he has the ability to yeah. make sure that those drums kick and they slap as hard as they possibly can. So I appreciate him for that. He, he knows what the people want. It's those, those breakdown drums. And when you get to the transition where everything kind of slows and the video goes into like a really slow-mo, like dark, cloudy, gloomy sort of vibe, the end of it kind of drives away. He's driving in a car up some street away from the house that he was just at. And it's a really cool and, I guess, artistic way to depict where he's been and where he's going. I guess he's just on a journey. And it kind of seemed like that. But, you know, his social media has been very lighthearted. And he's been posting pictures of his daughter, posting videos of his daughter, listening to new responding music. Responding to fans. Responding for fans for the first time in three years, which is fantastic. You always can tell when an artist is going to drop something when they start being back on social media. So I'm excited for an album. So that, he also announced that album, too, at the end of that video. So we're going to be getting a whole lot of new Bryson this fall. What did you think about, what are your thoughts on Inhale? I liked it. I think it's a good uh, precursor to uh, an upcoming album from Bryson Tiller. It's it's always nice when these artists who don't drop, who don't always consistently drop 
are gearing up because you just get so excited and anticipating what is to come, especially from like a legend like Bryson. So uh, can't wait to hear what is coming from him and his camp. Uh, yeah. I can't wait either. Bryson, please come back soon. I, I, I can't of wait for upcoming fall. albums though. We've got one of 2020's MVPs is coming out with some music pretty soon. Oh, Lil Durk. Well, I mean, we hope that the album's coming out. Uh, well, originally everyone thought that The Voice was an album, but it turned out to be a single. So here's hoping that The Voice has a counterpart album also called The Voice, maybe? I don't know. We'll see. The Voice by Lil Durk uh, dropped this past week, too. It's a, it's a nice 2020 trap banger. Lil Durk calls himself the Chicago Jay-Z, talking that talk. Braggadocia up the max, a nice smooth beat behind it. Production's really clean up around. The mixing's really nice and clean on this too. Does Lil Durk's 2020 get better from here? Does it just continue being as starstruck and skyrocketed as it has been? Here's hoping. I mean, hmm. uh, from the trajectory that Lil Durk has been on, I mean, Lil Durk's been around for ages, right? I mean, I think that we saw just saying what you want in, I want to say like 2015. 2013 even um is a while back but um he's been consistently in the game but just has never really had his like blow up moment i feel like uh i think that he's started to transcend that now especially fresh off the heels of a nos collaboration and a drake collaboration um i think that we can expect nothing less than a than a great album from him coming soon. Mm-hmm. Those two cosigns, man. Some absolutely drill music. You know, we go back to Lil Dirk back in 2010, 2011 when he was just coming up in the Chicago drill scene with G Herbo and all them. And it's crazy to see the, I guess the the 180 he's taken with how his music is portrayed now. And you could really like go back and argue that oh, all trap music is essentially drill music. You could really look into like the history and the progression of how the production is made and how the artists rap and their flows and their cadences align with this, blah, blah, blah. You could really say that. But when you look at where Lil Durk has come from sonically, this is a complete 180 where he's usually been. He's up in the higher register of his vocal range. He's using a lot more auto-tune. He's not really rapping about crazy you know, antics that used to go on in his hometown. Now he's kind of rapping about his fame and fortune. He's being more braggadocious, like I said. It's definitely a new side of Lil Durk that has a lot more mainstream appeal. And that's probably why we're seeing him blow up this year of all years to pick for Lil Durk to blow up. And it's crazy to see because he's been around for so long and now people are proud, like finally starting to pay attention to him. So go listen to The Voice. Lil Durk, you are The Voice. You should go on The Voice. <laughs> Can you imagine Lil Durk as a voice as a judge on The Voice? That would be hilarious. I wonder how many hashtags people put on for The Voice, and it's like just the voice, like Adam Levine, like turning around in his chair, like judging singers or something. <laughs> Hashtag The Voice is it Lil Durk or is it Adam Levine? Who knows? Yeah, honestly, I, I said that. <laughs> SZA is also back, another R and B goddess. Links up with Ty Dolla Sign for her new video and song, Hit Different. SZA also teased a new song in her Instagram. She put up a little wave file. There's definitely music from her coming soon. I don't know if the I OTT think that, family. Uh, Top Dog is starting, to, is starting to listen to all um, the criticism they've been getting recently about from, how inconsistent a lot of their artists are with drops. I mean, Isaiah Rashad, it's been forever since he dropped. 
I know. Tis a two. Uh, I mean, now, now obviously she just dropped, but before prior to this, it had been a while. Uh, Kendrick, I think Schoolboy Q is the most consistent out of them. I think the last one he dropped was uh, what was the last Q record Crash that Talk. came out? Yeah, because I was trying to think. Blank Face was before Crash Talk. That I came out Crash Talk either too. late last year or earlier this year. I think it was last year. Because floating, because floating was on that with twenty one. I remember that was played constantly on TNT for NBA pregame stuff. They used that for like the playoffs. I'm pretty sure last year. If it wasn't last year, it was two years ago. But it's so hard to remember things off the top of our head. But we're really trying for you guys because that's what our concept is. So just give us a little, give us a little slack here. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Uh, how do you feel? How do you feel about uh, Ty Dolla Sign on another R and B slow jam banger? Per usual, he just never he never seems to disappoint people. I think he's just especially probably, not on features. No, I think he's the most consistent feature artist we've seen in a very very long time. Yeah, no, definitely agreed. I think that um, I don't know why Ty Dolla Sign is so much better when he's on someone else's song than his own. I think he just has that. I don't know. It's sort of like that cadence that really like heart throbby dark mysterious but soulful singing voice that he has it's kind of i guess a contrast to whatever the artist does and i feel like it just works in a lot of different categories you can put him in a, a trap banger you can put him in a hip-hop song put him in r&b slow jam you can put him in a pop song you could probably put him in like a juice world marshmallow collab if you really wanted to I feel like his Definitely. voice is kind of... No, I mean, he's done yeah. songs with, with damn near anyone. I mean, earlier this year, he dropped a song with Skrillex and Kanye. True. Um, he's on Ego Death. That's right. I think that Ty Dolla Sign is, is a really, really versatile artist. Though. I just don't think he reaches his potential on his own music. Um, Regardless yeah, to... nothing bad to say about the song. It was really nice, like, chill vibe. Uh, it was definitely I, nice to hear Scissor. I, I, I did the thing where I used vibe series. <laughs> but it's really vibe nice... It's just a mellow song, uh, good listen, easy on the ears. Absolutely. This is a singing voice, obviously one of the best in the game. We haven't heard from her since 2017's Control, a critically acclaimed album featuring Travis Scott, of course. Uh, lead single, Broken Clocks. The Weeknd was remixed by Calvin Harris. There's so much, so many people want SZA to come back, and I'm one of them, and I'm happy that she's back. She directed the video for Hit Different, her first time directing it. Choreography was all done by her as well. It's definitely... I guess a bursting entrance back into the mainstream for SZA. And it's really nice to see that she still has everything going for her. It's, it, it's almost like she's been gone for three years, but it feels like she hasn't with all this. It feels like she's at the top of her game singing wise. She didn't really miss anything for me. I thought, like I said, the production was really smooth and clean. Her vocals were on pitch. They were perfect, in my opinion. I, I think we're going to get a really good SZA record whenever it comes out. And I think this is just the start of what SZA is able to do. Yeah, agreed. I think that SZA, uh, SZA has so much potential that I, I think that she's reached like time and time again. Uh, all of her projects are so good. Uh, even the older ones, um, like the S and the Z and the A. As um, the A. I, yeah, I'm looking forward to getting more music from her though. Same here. Last thing on the list we have an artist that I don't know if anyone knows about this person. He's been getting a little bit of buzz here and there. He's 16 years old, um, an artist by the name of Red Veil. Um, his album, Niagara, came out August 25th, so we're a little bit late to the party. I sent Namai this album last night. Um, I heard it the night before I sent it to him, and 
it just seems as though this kid has a lot of talent and potential to be something great in the future. Um, I want to get your, yeah. I want to get your first listen thoughts kind of going through Niagara. The mixing truly isn't the best. Uh, the I think that works in his favor though. Yeah. I, I honestly like with a lot of, with a lot of the music that I feel like I like the most is it has rougher mixing a little bit. Um, mm-hmm because it just gives it that that feeling of uh, relatability in a sense um i think that sometimes when the when the production and mixing is too clean it can almost take away from the music because it just sounds too uh manufactured in mm-hmm. a sense too industry-esque um, yeah exactly so i i think i that worked in his favor because the sound that he's going for is very like earl sweatshirt-esque without with with like a little bit less um a little bit less like mysteriousness involved but just as much lyricism uh strong use of vocal samples uh very yes almost exclusively lo-fi beats uh which works totally in his favor uh yeah i thought that was a really good album i listened to it uh all this morning so I probably need to head back into it and check mm-hmm. it out a couple more times. But it's definitely yeah. a quick listen. It's definitely like a very punchy album. There's only ten tracks on it. Um, I think with Red Veil, the one thing that kind of he does super well is not only does he produce these beats, but his voice is so low. Like he's only sixteen, and he sounds like he's been through it like multiple, multiple times in his life. And it's really cool to hear what his perspectives are as a sixteen-year-old. And to think that he's only that young and he's doing it all on his own right now. And if it's big ups to him because the music's great. The samples are awesome. I think his voice really meshes well with this production. He has a very defined sound. Yes, it's very Earl Sweatshirt-esque, but he's very straight to the point. He's not really trying to cut around any corners. He's not trying to dance around anybody. He's basically saying he is who he is and he's here to stay. And it's a very good intro to those people that don't know who Red Veil is. Fantano really, like, shit on red veil uh last week on twitter and kind of that's where i saw the buzz start because a lot of people were hating on fantano for giving red veil not even the time of day when most of his songs are going doing pretty well for himself right now um i think weight is probably his most listened to track at the moment definitely i think that he has a lot of potential i'm looking forward to seeing him get a little bit more play in the in the mainstream industry and seeing who he works with uh, could see him working really well with a couple of the artists who are coming up right now, like uh, Corday and um, mm-hmm. a couple of the other more lyrical people, as well as I, I mean, he- I, I never thought I'd see Corday work with Roddy Rich, so I'm sure he could make a collab happen with someone on more of a a different sound than his. Mm-hmm. I think it's a contrast. I really like that Corday and Roddy work together just because they're both different ends of the spectrum musically. So it's really cool to see and. It's also nice to think about possible collaborations with Red Veil in the future. Um, I know he's been getting love on Twitter for his album. Um, I'm pretty sure most of his streams on Spotify are upwards of 100,000 or more now, so that's really cool. Um, Big ups to him. And I just want to hear more Red Veil music. I think he's got a long way to go to really mature. But, you know, we've said that about Kid Leroy. He's still got a long way to go. He's only 16 years old. All the young cats out there doing their thing, they're the future. And knowing them now and appreciating their art for what it is in this day and age, in their time, in their young years, um, only creates a better fandom for those. So if you're not listening to Red Veil, give them a spin. 
let us know if you like him or not. Yeah, I think that uh, seeing these artists that are coming up when they're younger uh, gives them a lot more time to mature their sound. And we'll get to see their full growth from beginning to end of their careers. Uh, hopefully not end. I mean, but who knows? <laughs> who knows? Hopefully not. They're, they're still so young. Wait on them. They're younger Incubate than us, the chamber. So we better not. We better not see the end of their careers. But yeah, they must no, have. They, they must have something figured out if they've done it so young. You know what I mean? Like, why Honestly. couldn't we figure this when we were sixteen? That's crazy. You know, we should start podcasting earlier. <laughs> That's gonna do it for us this time around, you guys. But please be sure to follow us on Twitter and Instagram at offxdxtop. Listen to us on Spotify and SoundCloud at Off the Top Podcast, and be sure, please check out our weekly playlist, OTT playlist on Spotify. We will see you guys next week, same time, same place, and peace. Can't run my list, press, I don't settle for less. I'm a slap box of bird and then tear down the nest. I'm a champion, try and put me to the test. I'm up all day and night and I don't need no rest. Keep making this music because my music slap. Give me some money, I will not pay back. No ADHD, but I can't stay on track. 24-7, all I do is foul. All the ladies want me because I look like a snack. Send me a nude, I will not send one back. I'm a flirt, baby girl.